This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. Evening or even good morning, depending on what time you're listening to it. And welcome to uh, the Wednesday week, the uh, Sheffield Wednesday fan podcast. Uh, we're recording this on the 29th of August, uh, a date, of course, famous for being uh, Michael Jackson's birthday, but also famous for the day we picked up Daniel Padil on loan and signed uh, one Fernando Forestieri from Watford. Obviously, a lot of Wednesday fans at this point uh, would have liked to that be the final day we stopped buying uh, players from Watford. But for some reason, we carried on. And, uh, you know, as you say, the rest is history. Oh, uh, so, yeah, in it. In it. <laughs> now, uh, this week, ladies and gentlemen, you've got me in the chair. And uh, we've got a full complement of weekers this week. So, uh, to my left, we've got Vic. You all right, darling? You all right, man. Lovely. Good evening. I thought we were going to my lord then. What? I thought that was, that, that was going to be nice. Um, we've, got, yeah. we've got Vic here. We've got, uh, we've got James. Are you there, brother? I am sorry, just taking a mouthful of beer. <laughs> of course you are. That, that's literally what you do now. Um, all right, so he's probably got a gla- the next one's probably got a glass of Shiraz in his hand. We've got Eddie. <laughs> right, number one, um, it's it's a, uh, a a Merlot blend. So, uh, <laughs> secondly, when you said at 29th of August we signed uh, one Fernando Forestieri, I'm like, who's who the hell is Juan Fernando Forestieri? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a player. <laughs> yeah, that's his uh, that's his uh, alter ego, like uh, not like Ramon. Ramon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like Ramon, and uh, probably with a pint of bitter. We've got Rich. Are you all, are you all right, brother? <laughs> I, I'm all right, but yeah, did, I haven't got a, a drink in front of me tonight. I know it's probably you're all falling down amazed, and I don't drink that much bitter, to be fair. I'm falling down it's, drunk, it's, mate. It's, it's summer. It's, it's a longer kind of time at time, isn't it? James will hate me for that, but you know, what the hell? 
<laughs> yeah, listen, I'm I, I'm pretty sure that James himself has got a an alter ego, and it's one that sits in a pair of cocking joggers at home, drinking cans of Fosters and tubes of Pringles. <laughs> <laughs> it's skull, I bird. It's skull, I bird. Hill that's like fruit flavored. I can see you doing that as well. <laughs> my my favourite thing at the moment is to just go up to random people and go, right, what's the worst lager that there is? It's Foster's, isn't it? And they always agree, it is. <laughs> I, yeah, you I see. would seriously put Skull up there, though. Skull. Eight, eight, eight cans for a five. It's bargain, but it's shit. I think, Rich, I think I think we're a product of our uh, of our age because I would always put Skull and Castlemine Forex above Foster's. I remember a time when Foster's seemed quite cosmopolitan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and can you remember the heady days of when Carlin Black Label just turned to Carlin? I mean, Carling. come yeah. on now, kids. <laughs> Were there different variants, right though? Then. Was there like a Carlin Purple Label, which was a bit different, or uh, a Carlin Yellow Label? Was it a bit like, was it like Karate, where you get different coloured belts? Was there different versions of Carlin? <laughs> was there like a, a, Carlin, a Carlin White Label that didn't taste like shit? <laughs> oh, white label is a completely different thing, isn't it? <laughs> don't, don't, don't pretend light. you. So anyway, don't pretend you don't know, James. Switch, right? <laughs> so yes, uh, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm keeping it together. I'm keeping it together. So once again, welcome again. Uh, before we start, I've got a question, Rich. I'm going to come to you on this one. If I wanted to go for a pre-match pint with an outside bar uh, that's in close proximity to the ground, where would you recommend? I'd recommend a roadside cafe with its, uh, its, its <laughs> outside bar. That's uh, that. That sounds lovely. Can I get myself a cranberry and brie sandwich there as well? Uh, a steak sandwich, yes. I'm not sure about cranberry and brie. <laughs> no, you can. Well, you wouldn't have said can. Cranberry and brie is available. Cranberry and brie. Of course, we had a chat about it last week. I've, I, you know, I've had three this week since we, since we recorded the last week. <laughs> but, um, but enough, Rich, enough about we, sandwiches and brie. When me and Rich went to the Riverside Cafe, I had salmon on a bagel. Mm. <laughs> didn't I, Rich? I did. <laughs> We're tin right. salmon, though. John West. Yeah, I'm moving on. Nice. I'm moving. I'm moving on. We're going to talk about football, right then. So, actually, Vic, I'm going to come to you first. So, um, we uh, we played Ipswich, and uh, well, it's been uh, it's it's it, well, it, we we came out two one winners. Plenty to talk about. Um, Zhao, two goals, and uh, and to celebrate, got himself a new contract. Yeah, I mean, I to be honest. When he scored both goals, I wasn't really thinking about the contract. It was only after the game that I went, oh, yeah, of course, how nice. He's just signed a new deal. That's lovely. Um, but no, two two cracking, very much jowl goals, weren't they? Um, and yeah, really pleased with the lad. I think, as I as I tweeted and got a lot of likes for, he's fought tooth and nail for us. <sighs> yes. Um, and he, <laughs> he has grafted. Um, and, you know... Do you know what sounds really daft as well? I know he's still only about four, but we've seen him grow up because I think we signed like this skinny, gangly teenager and then he became a dad and he lost a tooth and then he became a good footballer and he bulked up a bit. And I, I feel like we've watched him through the ages. Um, and I'm just, I'm really pleased for him. I think he played really well. Um, and those two goals are just fantastic. Just testament to his contract, really. Is he the, the opposite uh, of J- of JJ in the sense that remember when when JJ was coming <laughs> up to uh, getting a new contract, he would play like <laughs> out of this world Ballon d'Or level football, and then as soon as he got his contract, he'd be like, "Yeah, no worries, fam, I'm sorted now. Not going to try it at all." I think Xiao's getting it the wrong way around. He's actually playing better now. <laughs> Tell you what, on uh, yeah, um, yeah. on on Saturday. 
Um, you could tell it was his first game back after being out injured for a bit because he he certainly didn't you know he had a decent game but he didn't really do a lot and still managed to score two goals. Now that's the sign of a good striker who you know doesn't. I don't think there was ever a point where he seemed like he particularly got into the game, particularly got going, and yet managed to score two. So if he can carry on doing that, the lads can have a good season. I I kind of feel like at the well, moment what... that that Zhao's kind of. He's he's become our most important striker, and we've got a lot of strikers knocking about at the football club. But I've just got a feeling, Jao, this season it could just be his season. But that's what I mean though, about they were very much Jao goals, weren't they? You think as we've had poaching strikers before. You know, you can look back to, you know, I don't know, let's go all the way back to Adam Proudlock with his blue Bohican. Oh, you know, dear. that we've had those sort of strikers that have just been at the Jesus right place. Christ, the that's right scraping now. the barrel, Vic. <laughs> is that a segue into yeah. Wolves? Yeah. No, no. But I'm just saying, like, you know, we've also had strikers that are meant to do that, <coughs> and they haven't done it. And now it's quite nice to see someone who's actually, like I said, he's bulked up. He's got a bit of strength behind him. We all know he plays better with Ate, but don't we all? Um, and no. now he's he's getting the goals to prove that his contract is worth it. You, and I, I'm see, really, really pleased for him. Oh, he is. You say he plays better with Atty, right? I, I, I had this... He's been pants this season so far, hasn't he, Atty? Because you're right, Jao and Nuyo, last, well, last, the last, the back in the last season, played fantastic. And I said that... I called this last year. Let's have Nuyo play great for a season. And that. so he had his six months in the last year. And then for the, for the first kind of... You know, until Christmas, and he's done now so far, has he? He's a prick, isn't he? That's, That's a bit harsh, though. <laughs> is that not a, is that not a bit harsh given how many games we've played? And I think yes, um, it might be. But I'm a new you. Yes, <laughs> Fletcher's, Fletcher's a done a lot more though, hasn't he, than after new you? I think the the no, time no, that no, Fletcher no, spent on the pitch. Anything. No, you're right. You're right. I'm not, I'm not bigging anybody else up. I'm just dissing new you. There's others yeah, that could well, sit and that's have just a go. Standard at. behavior, Vic. I tell you what, I'm going to stick up for you, mate. So, do you think Thanks, that God. yes, yes, Zhao runs like a daddy long legs on a urinal? But he, he's he's managed to get himself a couple of goals, and um, are you are you, is is he getting on your list purely because he's mates with New? Is that what it is? Is that why he's sticking up for him? Because they've developed yeah. this like little bromance between themselves, haven't they? Like on their their hey, we're the third string striker guys. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. Get the... Do you know what happened there recently, Fudge? I don't know if you saw on Twitter. Um, I saw a man on Tinder who was using Lucas Zhao's pictures, right? Like, and it was sick. Are you calling him out on here? (laughs) Yeah, I am. I bloody am Aggie, the surgeon from Sheffield Hallam. Fuck off, right? He used (laughs) a picture of himself leaning against like a Rolls Royce and put like, oh, oh, just a nice day. Actually, mate, that was Marco (laughs) Matthias' wedding. And then he uploaded a photo of himself with with a medicine mask thing on. Actually, mate, that's when Lucas Shaw's son was born. So do you know what? Oh, my God. Uh, Stop stalking him. Where do you know when these were taken? What are you doing? Are you hiding in the bushes? Because I sent him a message saying, wow, you look a lot like Lucas Shaw. And he put, who's Lucas Shaw? And I was like, this guy nicked all his pictures off Tinder. Um, But as yet, no one has nicked (laughs) Okay. Well, anyway, let's go back to Ipswich. So we had... um... The young guys back out in force, uh, predominantly uh, Jordan Thornley and uh, I, I keep wanting to call him Dave Penny because apparently, you know, 70-year-old <laughs> Doncaster managers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll tell you what, James, tell us about these young lads. Keep an eye on them for me. What what, what, what are they saying? What they, that's how the kids say it nowadays. That, that was me apparently asking you a question in what's called Zoo format in Radio World, as you well yeah. know. 
Very good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, you pick out the right two there to mention in um, in, in Thornley and Penny, who I thought put in brilliant shifts on um, on on Saturday. Uh, Matt Penny, he just looks. I said this last week. He looks so composed to consider the fact that he's played what barely two games at this level. Um, that that position has got to be his to lose now because he's he's turned in a couple of really good performances. And I just like, you know, his positioning is so clever. He, he looks like the real deal. Um, and I tell you what, Thornley for me was probably man of the match on um, on Saturday. And that's harsh to Lucas Zhao because he scored a couple of goals. It's actually harsh on Liam Palmer who had one of his uh, best games in a long time. Uh, but I thought that Thornley was just a rock. He was an absolute rock at the back. And, um, you know, that guy... I, I think he's he's you know he's he's made that other centre half position his own now. I'll be amazed if we start messing around with with those central uh, defender pairings anymore. And in fact, if someone comes in, I wonder whether or not it's Tom Lee's position that's that's under threat rather than um, John Thornley's because he's looked so assured. Uh, magnificent performance again on um, on on Saturday, and this is kind of theme at the moment, which is kind of continuing about. You know, the way that the youngsters are kind of turning in performances is even when we're not winning in games, it's giving us real hope um, and it's just making us kind of see what this season's all about. And that's, I like that, I like that. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's quite encouraging. If I, Eddie, I'm going to come to you on this one, actually. So uh, if you're a long-time listener of the podcast, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll understand the gag of Ramon, which is, uh, <laughs> which is Li- Liam Palmer's alter ego when he has a good game. If I'm uh, if I'm right now, Liam Palmer, the last couple of uh, the last couple of games, seems to have got himself a couple of fans on the um, on his side. Now, have we seen a different player start this season? Are we uh, are we convinced on him yet, or is it just a bit of a flash in the pan? What do you reckon? I say uh, number one, it's the hair. A hundred, you know, the, the <laughs> last last week's last week's podcast title. This you know, this wasn't a flippant Samson. throwaway comment. Samson, yeah. Liam Liam with the good hair and I think what it is on Sunday dinner when they go back home him and Ramon no one can mistake him anymore because Ramon still has the stupid hair from last season and so now (laughs) now they know Mama Mama Palmer knows when Ramon has locked Liam in their shared bedroom again Um, and so now he's like oh come on Ramon let him out he's got a a, a game to play you've got to get back to Matalan where you work Um, he's a Saturday boy (laughs) Um, no in all seriousness in all seriousness I think the the change of system is helping Liam Palmer, um, but I think his level of uh, of execution is absolutely bang on up there. He seems to be more confident at taking on players. He's playing higher up the pitch this season, remember, than than, than last season. So um, he's got that confidence to take on players. Uh, I think he's he's better supported um, because I think you know I think you've you pointed out that we've made strides at the back in terms of seeing, uh, you know, seeming more uh, more in control. And so I think, look, he's one of our senior pros now. Let's not forget, you know, look, look down the lineup and there are very, very few players. I don't know. I don't know the totals, but I'd be surprised if anyone other than possibly Barry Bannon has played more games for Wednesday than Liam Palmer um, in terms of lining up on Saturday. So, yeah, he's he's leading by example, and uh, and he has to, and he's a streaky player. We all know that, and I think that he's, he's not he's not the finished article. Do you think we're going to get this Liam Palmer for the rest of the season? I don't know, but for the moment, 
he is doing exactly what we need to do. And honestly, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about how he was probably the you know the the, the one position that was under threat by this influx of young players. Uh, I can't I can't imagine him being dropped on form right now. Can you? So, so well, not not at all. But uh, you know, essentially, what you're saying there is because there's somebody behind him to do the defending for him. He's uh, not a bad player. I, th- I think he does. He, he actually he does well. Look, I, you know, so where I sit in the north stand for the for the vast majority of the first half, at least, Liam is the player that's closest to me. So I can see what he does defensively. Um, he seems to be more box to box than he ever has done, and he, he doesn't get stranded up the field, uh, even though he's give, get, he's getting given much more license to do so. So I think he's still growing as a player. What what is he now? Is he twenty twenty six, twenty seven? Yeah, still growing, still growing. He's still well, eating. Yeah, <laughs> he is now coming into his prime. Um, it, you know, we talked about Zhao about how physically he has benefited from the last two years. I think Liam Palmer's been through that physical spurt where he's no longer a lanky streak of piss um, and he's got a bit of bulk on him. And now I think he's benefiting in terms of his his, his football intelligence. So. I'm, I'm not. I'm not the one who's going to turn around and say Liam Palmer's the answer to everything. But right now, <laughs> he's doing exactly what he needs to do in the system that we're playing. Um, and I wouldn't have anybody else in there other than him. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to touch up on this because uh, obviously, he's, uh, Morgan Fox's performance is becoming much, much maligned, and uh, I think that's. Um, that's for somebody else on Twitter to discuss that one. Uh, but uh, we went uh, we went one 0 up, uh, Lucas Yao, and then they uh, and then they equalised, and then uh, and then there was a huge talk- talking point in the game, uh, the sending off. Now, Vic, I know you've got a great analogy for this. So um, do you know what, Fudge? Right, if on, I'd done that on. to you in Meadowall, if I'd come up <laughs> to you and done that in Meadowall, I'd have been arrested. I would. No, uh, yeah, definitely ended off. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just yeah, I mean, clearly, clearly, he's gone in with his with his toes up. What about you, James? Did did you uh, did you get a good view of this? Have you watched it back? Uh, I didn't. I didn't particularly see it at the time, um, and I must admit that it didn't. You know, often when there's a challenge like that, particularly it was in that kind of that sort of corner where both the north and the cop had a pretty good view of it. I didn't hear kind of gasps and. Um, you know, a huge kind of you know cry coming from the fans. There were a few that kind of reacted, but but not in the way that it was you know really clear and obvious that something major had happened. Um, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, looking back, the replay it wasn't a great challenge. In the laws of the game, it probably is a red card. Um, I think that Ipswich could probably feel a little bit hard done to on another day. Maybe another referee wouldn't quite see it like that. But um, yeah, it was. It was a silly, you know. If you if you're going with your your feet off the ground like that, and 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 you know your studs are going into someone's ankle, you run the risk of getting sent off. So it's his own I, silly I think, fault. I think it's one of those tackles that um, three, four, five years ago would have been all right, but because it's because that's the law now that you, your feet are up, you know, you, you clatter somebody, you get sent off. It's the laws of the game. I thought it was harsh too, but you know, it, it's the laws of the game, well, isn't it? So I thought it. I thought it was. You know, cut and dry for me. I, you know, he's off the floor. He's got his studs up. Whether he's got the ball or not, that's assault. Do you know what I mean? Duncan Ferguson did did, did not go to jail for this to be acceptable on a football pitch. Do you know what I mean? And, and personally, I think it's embarrassing for Ipswich as a club to uh, to try and get that card rescinded. I I, I genuinely, I've watched it a thousand times. I've been watching Lord Ellsbury's gifts for the past week. 
Challenge, challenge. You're the viewer. You're the listener. <laughs> see, if I, see if I can stop it, the bit where he's actually gone in. And I think it was uh, our mate and yours, James, uh, Chris Bridden, internet troll celebrity. He um, he was the one having a pop at all the Ipswich fans on the uh, Sky Sports News thread today. And um, there's, some, there's, there's some absolute perfect screen grabs of him just absolutely smashing through someone's leg. These sort of things, as you know, can end careers. And uh, yeah, I think it's per- honestly, I'm incensed by it. And uh, and I get I get kind of prickly about this whole Fernando Forestieri being the cheat and the diver that people perceive him to be. Now I know he goes down like a you know like a jigsaw in a box, but don't won't we all when we're in that, that close proximity? But um, I feel that uh, you know that was a bit cut and dry to me. What about you, Eddie? I'm going to bring do, you in on this do, one. Do you right? So I've I've got a, a straight question. Do we? win that match if Ipswich don't go down to 10 men because of, because of when it happened so it was uh, it, I think the game so, was fairly it? was fairly balanced wasn't it well yeah I mean they're a terrible team let's not, let's not dress it up they are a terrible team and if we hadn't have won this would have a very different feel to it this this discussion but as it as it was even make the changes that we made if they don't go down to 10 men do we win that game um, what, what do you reckon James I mean, I'd, I'd still like to think so. I thought that we were creating a lot more than, uh, well, creating a lot more. We were creating something, whereas they weren't really creating anything. Um, no, I mean, you're right. You know, it, it probably did change the game. Um, but you know, if you if you go in with if you go in making a challenge like that, if you're going to raise your studs, you're going to come off the floor like that. You run the risk, don't you? Of course. So, well, that, and as and that, as as it was, the uh, the game went down to ten men. And uh, Lucas Yaus scored the winner, and we went on with our. Uh, that was our second league win on the bounce, wasn't it? Now, in less successful uh, par- parlance, is that a word? I don't know. I'm going to make it up. I'm going for it. Um, we moved on to the League Cup. League Cup action. Now, uh, as James wrote in his notes for the uh, <laughs> for this podcast, does anybody really give two chuffs about this? Um, about about this competition anymore. Now we made 11, 11 changes. I don't now. It's the milk cup. No one cares about the milk cup. I think there was a stat out. There was a stat out earlier today that um, attendances for for it as a whole were down. I can't remember the percentage, but they're down based on last year. So it was is it that everybody just give a, a monkeys? You know, it was this whole bringing in the B teams of the Premier League clubs and stuff. It just absolutely just devalued everything and. Uh, and it's a shame because, you know, that's the last piece of silverware we properly won in a national competition. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh, we, sh- we should hold it in uh, in great high regard. But uh, but we don't. Now, obviously, with us playing Wolves, we've got to talk about our uh, our Wolves expert, resident Wolves expert. He has been for a couple of years now. So, Mr. Marriott, can we talk about Wolves at home? Yeah, the... <laughs> The highlight was the fact that Tango obviously was on the north stand because the uh, cop was shut. Uh, And he started off at one side and through the course of the game managed to work his way right over to the other side where he was quite close to the Wolves fans. So um, probably the most entertaining thing was him and and his his one-man kind of singing back and forth with uh, a group of about 10 Wolves fans. Um, and fair, he's got a pair of lungs on him as Tango. He managed, they were right at the back of the away end, <laughs> and they managed to hear every word that he was uh, 
There, there is himself. people out there. There is people. You know, if anyone can understand tango, <laughs> it's it's a bunch of blokes from Wolverhampton. Because guess what? He's a, a guy from Wolverhampton. Yeah, he's, he's from there, isn't he? Yes. I wasn't I was making there. a slight on his accent, by the way, when I said that. It's just the fact that he managed to bellow so loudly that they could hear him uh, back then. So that was probably the highlight of the um, of the evening for me. I thought their uh, Tango is a Wolves fan was uh, was quite a good one. So you know he's it's um, <laughs> quite phenomenal. Phenomenal. I can't even say it. It's quite important down there as well. <laughs> so um, so so what about the football, James? Were was it a case of uh, swapping in too many? We didn't really turn up. Were they just that good? I mean, you know, tell us about it. Oh right, okay. Well, can I can I start off just on a couple of negative uh, fronts here because I just feel like I've just got. To well, kind I don't of think say, there's many positives. To I, be fair, <laughs> I, I I I tweeted about this during the game. Uh, I feel really really sorry at the moment for George Boyd. Right, he's reached this awful stage of a professional footballer's career where, you know when they just don't really know what to do anymore? So what they do is they just fall on the floor in the hope that they get a free kick. He did it through the majority of the game against Sunderland when he played, and he did it for the majority of the game last night. And and he just didn't seem to have you know any idea how to meet a man, so how to beat a man, so he'd, he'd just fall over. And the referee just looking like, there was no way that it was a, a, a free kick. <laughs> I'm making, I am making no commentary on George Boyd's personal life. I would like this to be. Uh, I would I'm like pretty this to sure be there's an app he can download. <laughs> anyway, don't yeah. Ask me for instructions because I definitely don't know. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, all George Boyd's done this season is fall over. Um, I'm worried about David Jones, and I'm worried about him because I think that he's suffering some kind of like really serious identity crisis, or he's going through some kind of really bad midlife crisis because yeah. he's he started wearing yeah. a hairband um yeah. and and just i don't he, he just looked a bit odd last night um he put himself about but he didn't really do anything and morgan fox actually had probably one of his best games but still looked very morgan fox and i don't think i need to kind of elaborate on um on that anymore <laughs> well fair, fair enough i know he's uh, he came under some fire uh well the last few games but uh, it's it's becoming um it's becoming a bit too much. There doesn't seem to be enough constructive. It's just, no, oh, bloody hell, you're bloody rubbish. That's just it now. So, um, it was only them three, Fudge. It was only them three. And I think when, when, the, when, when I was in the pub, when the, the team came out, and my mate John turned to me and said, it's a good team apart from, and named Boyd, Jones and Fox as being the weak links in that team. Uh, and that's exactly how it played yeah. out. You know, They were the yeah. players that looked like they just didn't have they didn't have the energy they didn't have the uh the 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 desire they didn't have the passion of the younger players and that's when i said you know i'm going to start on a negative because i would you know i would still say that i probably took more positives from the game than negatives last night because the lesser performances came from the more senior players and that really helps us kind of shape our season from this point on because you know, if you know, maybe maybe Chan Series right, and we're going to make a push for promotion. But I think there's a large group of us that kind of think that might be a bit of a pipe dream, and that this season is not really about making a push for promotion. So if it isn't, what is it about? Well, it's about putting our faith in our younger players, in our future, and the senior players become the the backup. And if we've got to define the season so early on, then it's about stability in the championship, and it's about getting these young players getting the experience so that they start next season on a different footing they become more
more experienced players. Um, and, you know, I think when you look at it like that, it's been a, a bit of a shit time over the last few months being a Wednesday fan, and particularly with the, the FFP situation and all the, you know, the real negatives from that. But when you start thinking about these young players and if they get the experience that they need um, and, and the positives that we're seeing from that now, you start to think of the next season or the season after as being, you know, a different, you know, a blank page. You know, it could be a lot more exciting. We could achieve a lot more in the next few seasons. So that's my positive from it. Okay. Well, you know, it's, it's nice to finish on a positive. So I tell you what, Eddie, um, we made eleven changes that that game. Uh, what what's uh, at the time of recording uh, last night? And uh, you know, there's two ways of looking at it. Is it great that we we have this competition that we're not particularly bothered about to give the youngsters some uh, some game time, or are we running the risk of setting these youngsters up to fail? Is there, you know what I mean? Are we just chucking them in games that we've got no hope of winning? just to keep them happy because we have to, and we've got some kind of, you know, mild uh, allegiance to them because, you know, it's nice to put the young kids in. I mean, what, what do you reckon? What do you think it is? It, look, it's great to see us, you know, blooding players like Sam Hutchison and David Jones and Stephen Fletcher and Fernando Forestieri in this competition. Um, if in any other season, then we would be looking at the, this team sheet and gone, ooh, Ash Baker's getting a run out, Nielsen's getting a run out, uh, you know, Fraser Preston, uh, Jack Lee. You know, th- these are these are the players who, in previous season, I think probably across most squads at our level, they this would be the competition for them to really show their worth. And we, we kind of did it, didn't we, a couple of years ago when we had our run through, um, was it to the quarters where we got beaten by Stoke? Um so you know that would have been the the, the archetype for uh, any season for a team that is fighting to uh, to win promotion at the top of the championship with an experienced first team, and you know this is the chance to get real match action, at high quality for the young players. We're in a very different situation this year, aren't we? Because you know those players, you know Jack Lee aside, have all figured um, and probably will continue to figure. Uh, for a large proportion of the games that we have this season in the league, um, in the FA Cup, which is a, a, another cup um, that Wednesday fans may remember uh, we occasionally do all right in. Um, mm. But uh, I don't think we're setting anybody up to fail because, you know, th- because this, you know, this squad last night, we put out a team that actually Jos Lukai has shown that he would put that team out for a league game if that was what he thought would be the best way to approach that league game. I don't honestly think that he thought that was his strongest side. But, you know, why play Fernando Forestieri in the Milk Cup um, if, you know, you're intentionally trying to put out a team of kids? You're not anchoring the team with that. Um, So I I honestly believe that he looked at that 11 that he put out and said, okay, they're probably the 11 players that we've got who who hit the the, the right balance between uh, level of fitness and level of performance. And it it wasn't a good, it wasn't a good performance. And can you really expect us to when, you know, we're playing against a team that is fielding uh, an 18 million pound signing um, in a Dharma Traore. So, you know, this is, this was, this was, this, it wasn't so much men against boys because we had experienced players there, but this is a very, very high quality opposition against a team that is effectively thrown together a mishmash of promising youngsters and 
uh, senior players who aren't performing, and we got that exact performance out of our team, didn't we? So, uh, no, yeah. I don't. I don't think. I don't think we're throwing anyone to the wolves because that was young players playing with experienced pros who should have been able to keep them um, keep them right. But I don't think any of them. Uh, any of them disgraced themselves as far as the young players were concerned. And I think you're absolutely right that you know the underpar performances came from players that we know can play much better at a much higher level and can mix it with the likes of of, of eighteen million pound signings. So yeah, I've got no complaints. I'm happy that we're I'm happy that we're out of it because we've got better things to do. But that, yeah, I, I think that's the, that's something that's a sentiment that's echoed by a lot of people. Surely, yeah. I think I think for me last night. I think for me last night, I thought the first half we we, we looked all right, but the second half they they just stepped up and they showed the quality. And Traore just did what he did, turned inside every time, and we didn't kind of work that out. That that's all he does, turned inside each time. Um, but I just they, they just have, they've got better players than us, and you know I just thought that they deserve to win, and and we just we just concentrate on the league. That all work. <laughs> okay, well I tell you what, then Vic, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to put you on the spot now, Vic. These young players that we're bringing in now, yeah. and, I, and I know this is purely hypothetical, and like I said, I'm, I'm going to drop you right on the spot here now, but I, I, I reckon you can talk your way out of it so you can uh, swerve the vitriolic crap that you get from misogynistic bellends on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is it, you see, and I know you're a big fan of the young lads, so <laughs> do, you believe, do you believe that um, we would be playing these, would we... Would we still be carrying out the same youth policy and bringing people through had we not had our hand forced by FFP regulations? So would we still have this invest in youth going forward? Would mm-hmm. people like Penny, Thornley and Hunt still be getting a run out had it not been for FFP? Probably not, right? But is that a bad thing? I mean, I know you don't win out with kids. Look at 1993. Um, but... <laughs> I. I honestly think that Thornley and Penny especially, um, and what was the lad that went off injured the other night, Preston, um, I think they're class. I think they're absolutely class. I think Thornley is brilliant. I do think we need to get someone alongside him who's a bit better than Tom Lee's. Um, but I, I, I think we've got two great players there, and I think Preston will be if he comes back fit again. Alex Hunt I've not really seen, to be honest, so I can't really judge on that. But... Yeah, I'm loving it. Like, and do you know what? For so long in this city, our rivals have produced some class, absolutely class youngsters. And who have we produced? Jamie Vardy, Gary Cahill, and they've all sodded off. So now it's quite <laughs> nice at George Hurst. It's quite nice to have some young, fresh talent that wants to play for the squad, you know, wants to be wearing the blue and white stripes, wants to be on that pitch. I think it was brilliant. Like, and... If that's if that's what FFP has done, actually maybe that's a really good side to FFP because if more clubs end up doing what we're doing, then maybe there will be less intake from foreign clubs or from Premier League clubs or whatever, and maybe we'll start to focus on our own. And we've got a great guy in Lee Bullen for the youth setup. Um and yeah, I mean look at Dawson and um what's his face? Wildsmith as well. You know, we we've got a really good setup there. Let's use it. I think also, that's. Uh, I think that's a great positive way. A massage. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So let's let's move on. Right then. So um, we had a great result. A pretty piss poor one. Uh, so we're on a we're on a trough at the minute. Let's go straight up into a crest. And I think this is one of the uh, the biggest crests of our year. 
of our calendar year. And uh, this is um, Barry Bannon's new contract. He signed on for another three years and uh, he's been absolutely pulling strings since he uh, returned back to the fold. So, I mean, James, come on, man. This, this, this is a sign of the season, yeah? Uh, you know, it's huge. It is huge. Uh, we had a similar conversation, didn't we, seven days ago when we talked about uh, Lucas Schrau signing a new contract. And we said the next one, if they've got any sense, they've got someone banging on his front door now, getting Barry Bannon to sign a new contract. Uh, and they've done it. It's taken us, what, less than a week uh, to get that sorted. So the transfer embargo being lifted. I had a bit of a rant last week, didn't I, about the transfer li- the transfer embargo thing being a bit of kind of smoke and mirrors. Well, we've we as yeah. a club, we've done exactly what we should have done, which is we've used it as an opportunity to sign the players, the two players that we really needed to get signed up to new contracts. We've got those done. There's still a few players that I think we'd, we'd benefit in the long run from getting them signed up to contracts, but the two that we really needed to get done, we have got done. And um, I, I did see a tweet earlier on with, the, this, this is amazing, this. So if you look at the championship season so far, I know we're only like five games into it or anything like that. So the most touches, this is the entire league. Uh, Barry Bannon is top of the table for most touches in the championship so far this season. He's second for most completed passes and he's second for most chances created. So the fact that we've just tied this guy down to a longer term contract at Hillsborough is absolutely huge and real fair play and respect and they've got a lot of stick this um this 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 season and this summer for, for stuff that's been going on absolute respect to the team at Hillsborough who've um got this deal done signed sealed delivered before the uh, the end of the transfer window because right now it I, I'm not even that fussed now whether or not we go and sign anyone before the window closes whenever it is it's the end of play tomorrow or on Friday whenever it is um it, it doesn't feel like it's that important anymore because the two the two how, signatures that we needed to get, we've got. Right. I, I don't, you know, I'm super, super positive about everything. How do we think collectively that we have managed to do this from being in a position where I think we were all quite despondent about our ability to, um, to continue to compete at a level that meant that our best players could stay? What, what, it doesn't worry me. I'd like to know the answer to it, but I, I think it's a valid question. Um, both Zhao and Bannon being not only saleable assets, but you know, proven commodities, were in a very, very strong negotiating position. So part of me thinks we must have offered an awful lot of money to persuade them to stay rather than, I'm sure they both had advisors talking to them and saying, you know what, you've probably got a chance of jumping ship to um, a team that's in a, a stronger position as far as getting into the Premier League or or maybe even, and it's certainly in the case of Barry Bannon, um, a, a a lower level Premier League team um, with a you know big pay rise, a big signing on fee. Uh, you know, we must have shown them some good plans for the future. We must have shown them some ambition um, and, you know, the ability to continue to operate in this division in a way that would attract players like they who are capable of, of, of operating at the top of this division. It seems, it seems yeah. really counterintuitive compared to the doom and gloom of the last two months. Does that make sense? I, I think, yeah, yeah. I, I think when we go back to the uh, supporters um, fans forum the other week, uh, when we were all reading the... The post coming out of it, I, I, I was I was away and reading it and stopped reading it because I was feeling really really despondent about it. And when the embargo, the whole kind of thing, right? We can't even players can't even sign, extend the contracts, and then we've got like a, a, eleven players out of contract at the end of the season. 
And that really scared me without seeing the list. And I think now of the 11, these are probably the two most important kind of ones to get on new contracts. When you look at the other ones, Westwood's in there and we all kind of think, you know, we've got the, you know, the embarrassment of riches. We've got goalkeepers um, and some of the other names, Abdi, for example, he's on that list as our contract at the end of the summer. So some, it, it does look a little bit bright and it did three, four weeks ago, whatever, whatever that was. Yeah, definitely, definitely so. And I think you're right there, really. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Like, what um, what vision have they sold uh, to uh, to these two players going forward? Now, speaking of um, speaking of signings, Vic, have we had any movement on anything? Have we had uh, have we had any rumours? Are we going to try and set the world alight in these next couple of days? Have you? Uh, I mean, bear in mind, I'm, I'm pretty sure if I remember you mentioning just once that you can see the North Stand from your bedroom window. Um, <laughs> You know, you've clearly got your nose to the grindstone. Like, is there anything happening? Have you heard out? I've not heard out, Fudge, to be honest. <laughs> I've even heard you lot this week were talking about Danny Barton. I thought, no, I've not even heard about that. No, I've got no idea. You'll have to, I'll have to pass this one, I'm afraid. All right. I'll have to well, I'll t- yeah. tell you what then, Rich, you can pick this one up then. So, um, Danny Bart uh, made some comments uh, in the local press. Did you read this? Did you, did you hear about this? I've not heard about his comments, but I've seen... Obviously, last night, he, he, you'd have expected him to have played last night or at least been on the bench for, for Wolves, but putting you know putting their kind of second string out or their second 11, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he wasn't in it. So that's kind of created a whole kind of rumour mill again. And I, I see that um, their manager is um, he, he's kind of... It's obviously prompted some speculation down, down at Wolves. Um, and... Uh, I think these kind of left it wide open whether whether he's going to actually go somewhere. But we we need I guess some. I'm not I'm still not sure what any parts of man we need. Uh, we need some kind of I said it some kind of bas- real bastard at the back that can really some of the Mick Lyons kind of. But does Danny Bart fit that? Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if anybody's old enough to remember Mickey Lyons. So uh, you know. No, I mean, I mean my, my, my dad told me about him. I'm really just going on what he said. You know? I, I think, I think, I think he's probably retired he now, Rich. I'm not sure that he's probably an option for us <laughs> anymore. Lions, yeah, he's in Australia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, was that, what, was that where is he now? There, making a little uh, comeback. Yeah. A little bit, maybe a little bit. I think that's the first one we've done that Eddie's not ruined. So that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so anyway, I think Danny Bart in the uh, in the press made some positive comments about coming back Sheffield Wednesday. He seemed it was something that he'd be uh, he would be open to do. Uh, he he would be open to do. And um, you know, I I quite happily take him back given the uh, defensive issues we've got. But. Um, Talking of uh, fans' opinions, uh, that was a pretty uh, seamless segue I just did there. Don't if you don't if you caught that. Uh, we had a steering group uh, last Friday. Now, uh, James, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you about this because I know this sort of things that, uh, excites you. Do I need to wait for a uh, a separate podcast to come out, or are you gonna tell me about it now? <laughs> excites me. <laughs> um, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> it, it seems like um, now. Here's the thing. So none of us were at this steering group meeting. So. Um, my experience of steering groups, and I hope I'm not going to annoy anyone um, associated with the club when I say this, because there's some stuff that comes up at steering group meetings where they say, look, please don't talk about it outside of the room. Um, and so obviously you don't Ooh. talk about it outside the room. So if you're there, you tend to get a little bit of juicy stuff that maybe no one else knows about. Uh, but then the stuff that kind of you hear about outside of the meetings is maybe not as juicy. I'm not saying that necessarily happened this time, and it's probably not happened for the last two or three because I've not been to a few now. Uh, But, right, key points that came out of it seem to be that the capacity has risen a little bit 
um, this season. So they it's just under 35,000 now. Uh, they've also confirmed that that kind of northwest corner will never, ever get used again. So they're looking at getting that completely covered over and turning into, I guess, a permanent kind of TV stanchion point or or whatever. Um, Is that the west... one that was referred, referred to as the vomitory uh, last season, season before? They call they call it the vomitory. I'm pretty no, sure. No, the vomitories were where you come out of the stand. You come out from <laughs> yeah. under the stand. They're the vomitories. It's probably oh, well, known to, stay to tuned. Someone, someone like you, Fudge, will probably know it as triangle, not the triangle, just as triangle. triangle. Yeah. Pizza cheese. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Cheese wedge. Tri- yeah. Triangle next to cheese wedge. Yeah, that that's bit. It. Cheese wedge. <laughs> Now, I've uh, only ever seen people in there when we play Sheffield United. I, if I, if I think back, I can't remember yeah. ever Wickham, seeing fans in there. Wickham fans from... were in there. Wickham, yeah. Is that where we just chucked them? Yeah. Uh, probably. Yeah, there, were, there were about six of them, I think. Uh, apart from that, it's not been. Um, it's it is basically crumbling to bits, <laughs> literally crumbling to bits. I don't think it's. Uh, well, I don't think it's passed any kind of health uh, and safety inspection for many, many, many years. And I'm actually amazed that we were allowed to put six Wickham fans in there, to be honest, because um, <laughs> it, it could have uh, it could have given away at any minute. Uh, other headlines: uh, Westwood is apparently not playing purely to the fact that Yoss has never seen him play. Uh, and that's the reason that he's third choice goalkeeper, which I think is nonsense, but that's what they said. And um, oh, he's, he's never seen him play on grass, that old one. Funny. <laughs> is this going to be a Cantona situation all over again? That's uh, ridiculous. It, it, right. it probably is, Vic. Come, Kieran, Vic, Vic, Kieran, Vic, come Vic. to my house now, right? And we'll invite Yoss round. You play on play <laughs> road, just watch the cars. That is ridiculous. One other um, kind of headline from it, which I'm sure I've heard at every one of these meetings, they seem to say something along these lines, that apparently the shop will be fully stocked by the end of September. All new lines, all new stuff. We'll uh, just have to wait and see where that happens. Actually, on the on the back of that, I've noticed there's been a few... Uh... A few things in the shop from uh, designers and uh, I think S6 clothing's in there now, yeah. And uh, who's the uh, who's the one that does the uh, the designs on the mugs and all that sort of stuff? What are they called? Yeah, goo. Yeah, we we did goo. talk about this a couple yeah. of weeks ago. I'm goo. glad you listened back to that podcast, talk, yeah. uh, Dan Fudge. Yeah. Cheers, thanks for that. Thanks for your support. Much appreciated, man. Cheers. I, uh, I, I wasn't on that one, so. Do you know what's terrible? Really Foundation members, they have to go outside to queue to come back into the stadium. It's an absolute oh. flipping disgrace. It really is. Bet she was there. Bet she was it's there. It's it a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are my great Remind me to... Remind me to remind me to get uh, remind me to get one of them. They sound hilarious. Um, but anyway, thanks for that. Thanks for that, James. Uh, it's nice to know that the uh, the top uh, top things are being discussed. Uh, that in no way did we already know or actually give a shout about the outcome. But it's, it's nice that they do them, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Eddie, listen. If I wanted to uh, stand up in a uh, in a deli that's got a lovely outside area and go for a, a cigarette and listen to some chanting from some grown men in a pub, where's good for that? Uh, I sat. I've found this little place on uh, on catch bar lane that's called the riverside cafe um it's it it's phenomenal as far as uh both food and a wide selection of drinking is concerned and they welcome children although i don't welcome children especially my own and i wish you'd stop bothering me when i was trying to have a two pint (laughs) pot of beer i'm gonna say is that the place that does the two pint (laughs) pots now absolutely (laughs) legendary there all right eddie i'm gonna stay with you um so 
coming up uh, next, we've got uh, Reading, which, uh, it, well, it's, it's grim. Uh, and I thought that given your middle-class dulcet tones, you'll be able to try and put a positive spin on it. So, uh, what you know, we've got Reading coming up. What do you reckon? <laughs> hey, look, this is one of those matches that we have... Um, it seemed every season, we, you know, we play, we've played them an awful lot and it only ever goes one or two ways. Uh, either we absolutely batter the shit out of them or they absolutely batter the shit out of us. Um, I'm kind of feeling that on current form, it's probably uh, us that's going to be doing the battering. Um, and, and I fully expect us to be able to go down there and, and get a win. Um, is it going to be 4 nil, 5 nil? I don't know. I've got no idea about that. I don't think that we're quite that sort of finished uh, finished article yet. Um, in fact, a, a, a long way from it. But we need to continue uh, you know, this uh, I say run of form. We need to continue this turnaround to a level of respectability. And we looked at this this you know group of three games. And, uh, you know, certainly we can probably extend it a little bit into the future as well. But certainly the three game three league games that we've had. Um, including this Reading game, we could all make a case, even in our darkest days, for nine points. Um, we've got six of them. Let's finish the job because let's not forget this early in the season. You know, we, we may be 14th, but we're only two points off fourth, and so we go there. I suspect that we'll play um, Yoss's preferred strongest side. Uh, obviously, that will include Lucas Yao. Uh, I think Fernando Forestieri will probably. Uh, be, be put in there because uh, we'll play with that one striker up front and Fernando can do it an awful lot as a second striker in a way that, that just doesn't seem to think he uh, brings at Hillsborough where we'll play two out-and-out strikers. It will be interesting to see if Stephen Fletcher um, gets given a role because in terms of performance, in terms of the creation, um, he's he's done an awful lot. And, and like we said at the top of the show, Lucas Yao has scored goals but hasn't really been a, a, a particularly active participant. So um, I, I would expect to see Zhao get the nod. I'd expect to see Fernando play either um, out wider as a second striker. Uh, and I'd expect us to lean heavily on a revitalised new contract, Barry Bannon, um, on Adam Reach. Uh, and, 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 you know, with that core uh, defence that has done well, the, you know, the last couple of league games. And I would be... I'd be disappointed if we didn't put up enough of a performance against a reeling Reading team uh, to, to, to come away with three points. These are the games that we really need to win. Forget for a minute about you know pushing towards the playoffs. For us to show that we uh, you know, are not going to be in a relegation fight this season, these are the games you need to win because there are teams that are um, in, in a bit of a state. And, you know, Ipswich, we've done one of them. Uh, Reading's another uh, you know, QPR a third. And, and, you know, these are the teams you've got to beat. So uh, we, you know, we need to go out there and do a professional job. If if it's one nil, fine. But it, it realistically should be, you know, we should be looking to score multiple goals. Well, I, 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 I you know, that, that, that was quite positive. I like what you did there. But however, fresh in the memory uh, of last season, when James and I went to Reading and the most, the highlight of the entire day was a man falling down some chairs. Um, I, I, beg to, I, I beg to differ with your uh, with your assumption of um, of one team batters the other. Do you know what I mean? I mean that was truly one of the worst days of my life. It was a, it was a lot of lot of what I call fuckery. You know what I mean? It was because um, Reading for me is one of those away days that's just fuckery on toast. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, it's I just don't... so difficult, isn't it? It's difficult to, <laughs> it's just difficult. to get there. It's difficult to do anything while you're there. It's it, yeah, it's a shit away day. <laughs> it's like um, it's like I don't know what I dislike the most. Is it a ready and away day or that bit where people are getting on a planes and have to have somebody tell them where to sit? Even though, like as Michael McIntyre says, it's just a numbered tube, and then can't just put the fucking bag in the overhead thing and sit the fuck down. Like I would rather do that than go to Reading. Do you know what I mean? And uh, and to go there for a nil-nil draw can get so far in the bin, it's almost that scummy bit at the bottom that somebody needs to wipe up. But uh, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot now, uh, Vic. Let's have a prediction out of you. Oh, yeah, mate. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, are you still awake? Are we all right? I, I am awake. I am awake. I'm not listening. Quite enjoying it. It's like my own <laughs> private Wednesday week. I love it. <laughs> um, Coming in your ears. I oh dear yeah um I I don't want to be negative because then I just get tweeted and told how negative I am over and over and over uh, oh I don't know I don't know one all shall we come back to you shall, oh, one all one all what about one you all. James all that for a one all <laughs> fucking hell all that for a uh, one all I, I, I'm assuming she's well, not as uh, that that was a, that was an optimistic mm. uh, chess thing she was yeah. saying there, so. Uh, <laughs> Um, this is a bit of a balancing act, this, because, right, we have, we've not kept a clean sheet this season, and we might have won the last two games, but Millwall and Ipswich were fairly dire teams, and boy, did we make hard work out of winning those games. But we've actually made our best start to a season since I think we've been back in the Championship, certainly in the yes, Chan Siri under Chan Siri. Yeah, yeah, it's it's our best start to uh, to a season. So I have, yeah, I have a, a kind of a quiet feeling of confidence, and I think we're going to nick a 1-0 win. A 1-0. All that for a 1-0. <laughs> oh, go back to sleep, you. Shut up. I, I, I said after the um, Ipswich game on Saturday, I thought if we get a, a good side to come to Hillsborough, we could get a bit of a tonking because we've not been... We, we've been we've been playing all right and getting wins, but I think ready one of these teams that we can we can go and get a win against. So I, I want to say 2-1 Wednesday. Ooh, 2-1 two, two Wednesday, both teams mm. scoring. Are you as optimistic as that, Eddie? Well, yeah, like I said, I, I don't have a great um, deal of confidence in our ability to, to you know, to knock threes and fours, but we should be looking to score multiple goals. So um, I, I don't think Reading pose a particular threat. I'll go 2-0. Oh, well, uh, that all sounds like a good day out from everybody, apart from Vic's one all. So it's probably going to be that one, to be fair. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. What about so, you, Fudge? Uh, move it. Go on. Did you, did you pick one? Did you pick a score? I, did, I, I didn't pick one. I, I was like Vic. I was sat there going, I can't, I can't choose this. So I, I think it's going to be a shit house nil-nil. But I had no I'm way of like dressing that one. yourself under the bus. Then. All <laughs> that for a nil-nil. Fudge, are you going? Because <laughs> yeah, I know, you know, you've up, got... Yeah. Reading has a special place in your heart yes. for those uh, many long and torrid journeys that you had back and forth there. So are you going on um, Saturday? Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm waiting on confirmation of a ticket, and I, uh, I should be there on Saturday. Yes, so um, I'll, I'll be there Aww. to get stuck on the bus and get stuck on the dual carriageway, <laughs> and then bugger about coming back. And oh yeah, it's, it's going to be an absolute lollacost. So one of one of my favourite things about Reading away is that you see um, Wednesday fans, especially ones who um, maybe not as cosmopolitan as others, uh, describe it as a London away day, and. It, I, I love to see their faces when they realise when they get to London exactly what 
faces them in order to get out to the game because it's effectively <laughs> like uh, it's effectively like arriving in Liverpool and going I'm just going to get to Hillsborough now job done um, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. So good, good luck to those here I would suggest setting off early if you're coming from Sheffield yeah it is it's, it's like the equivalent it's like the geographical equivalent of going hey I'm going to Surrey next week and expecting thatch cottages and ended up in Croydon do you know what I mean it's that <laughs> it's that same, same type of thing it's, it's just bloody awful um so, so anyway, yeah, let's move on from Reading because it, it just upsets me. Um, right then, Rich, uh, we've got some uh, multimedia news coming out this week. Now, there's a uh, there's a movie that you're going to tell us about. Yeah, uh, yeah, me, me, Vic, James, and uh, and uh, the, the other Richard, the, the one that doesn't come on the podcast. We're we're all going to go and watch a little movie down at the, the showroom cinema on next Tuesday evening. So uh, back, uh, row, I, I, back row, back row, back <laughs> row. Oh God, no fingering on the back row. Getting's yeah. changed. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's moved on. You can't get away with it anymore. You know what I mean? It, it, it's moved. Dating's moved on now. The, the, the kids don't do it anymore. The cinema's shutting down. But uh, do you think there's a chance but, we might talk about the film uh, at yeah, any point during this segment? Or yeah, maybe. Tell us about this film. Some, somebody tell us about this film, Rich. What, what's, what's it about this film you're going to go and watch? Well, for, for what I understand, it's a bit of a. a, 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 a it's called. It's called All Wednesday. Uh, and featuring a few uh, few interviews with uh, with supporters, which uh, and that's a, I, I, it says a host of interviews with Wednesday nights of all ages is what it says on the website. Uh, it will describe their unique connections to the club. So well, well, I'm do, looking forward do you know to what? it. I, so it, it to, to you know to bring this full circle, it's a, uh, a celebration of uh, Sheffield Wednesday for 150 years, uh, talking about players and, uh, and fans, past and present, and things like that. And there's actually quite a nice little touch as well. I don't know if it's a nice little touch; it seems expensive to me. But the um, the ticket prices are 18.67. So uh, I don't, you know, did you did you see what they've done? Well, there? I'd point out me, me and Vic went to the cinema on was it Sunday evening that we went to the. Cinema. Do Mon- not Monday complain even. about the price. Monday No, I was going to say it because it it's now free. it's well, it's, <laughs> it was free for us, but it's now it's like a five or a ticket at the View Cinema. Uh, so eighteen, you know, the best part of nineteen quid to go and see uh, this feels like quite a lot. However, uh, if the standard of film that you get for a fiver is like the festival that Vic and I went to see on Monday, <laughs> then I will happily play nineteen pounds. <laughs> To I don't know maybe just watch a video of someone watching paint dry or something which will probably yeah. be more entertaining just, than just that god awful like film. A, a Chiropodist appointment or something like I would that film yeah. is the worst film. I've like what an hour of an hour of watching someone count from one upwards that would be more entertaining. Brilliant. So, so uh, join us next week on Film 98 with Barry Norman. No, but, uh, but we need to just clarify this, right? We've literally glossed over the fact that there is an actual feature film being no. made about about <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday, about our club. Wouldn't we have killed for that? I spent the vast majority of um, the, you know the last week watching Amazon's big budget uh, hagiography, you know, uh, ridiculous worship job about Manchester City and Pep Guardiola. And I watched it thinking, God, I wish just just for one year we could get there and, and, and you know, Amazon or Netflix or whatever would make that film about us. You know what? We've got it. We've got that film. That's going to be something that we are going to be able to, to share with our kids. We're going to be able to watch it time and time again. This is... 
it's really, really important for us as Wednesday fans to have these sort of things happening, and it ties into the, you know, the the the, the merchandise being sold in the club shop, which is is not just um, shit golf tees and uh, and patent ties with the club logo on it. This is from the fans, of the fans, by the fans. This encapsulates, hopefully, what it is to be a Wednesday fan. The reason why we sit here every Tuesday night or Wednesday night and do this podcast, and I hope. I really hope, and I'm sure it's going to be amazing, that this film really, really uh, captures that. What what it is for a, fans of a club that that may have pretensions to be massive, but look, bear with me, I'm nearly finished, um, may have pretensions to be really massive, but is basically <laughs> one, one big, giant Greek tragedy, and yet we're still here doing it. I just think it's incredible. We've to to to, to sharing that and for that to go on the record and for us to be able when we're all old and grey, which for Rich is two yep. or three weeks away now. Um, oh, I've gone grey. There's not there's not so for, me. for us for us to be able to say, to say that though, that's guys, what we went through. That's what we've done. And I I think it's incredible. I couldn't be more excited about seeing this film. For the record, I, yeah, I don't use hair dye. Oh right. <laughs> what? Do you? The guy who's made it, Matt, is the same age-ish yes. as me, obviously a little bit older. Uh, sorry. Right. Um, and we're going to talk to him on the night that we all go down and like watch the film and stuff. Um, but he is like, he's a proper fan. That is what makes it so exciting in that he's not somebody that we've drafted in and said, can you come and make a film? He went to the club first and said, I've got an idea to make a film. Like, and that for me is just, that's exactly how this film should start. Do you know what I mean? It's I'm, not... I'm glad. I'm glad. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, it's made by a fan. Uh, you know, 20 minutes going to be like, this is it. Michael Jackson's, this is it. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. With little little exactly. talking heads. There's no 3D because... spider. There's no dying 50-year-old dancing around on stage. It's oh, all God, about... It's his birthday, Vic. <laughs> Bloody hell. Bloody <laughs> hell. Too soon. Would you say that about Paul Denham? I don't think so. <laughs> it's, it's a decade. It's been 10 years. Paul Denand did not anyway, know for this. Anyway, no, Matt is a proper fan. He's, he's really like, he's always at Riverside Cafe with his outside bar on match days. Um, he always comes and sees us and he's, he's a really nice bloke. And I just hope that people, I know it's expensive, but he hasn't set the price for that, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I, I can't wait. I'm really excited for it. I just, I, ju- I yeah. just, I just genuinely hope it's not some bloke from Mexburg going bloody rubbish. Do you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm holding out for that. But anyway, right, let's move on. Uh, we've James uh, earlier on in the week has put a. Uh, sorry, if you do get time to see the film, it's on fourth of September. Uh, tickets rate eighteen sixty-seven. Get yourself down sold there out. and uh, sold out. Oh, is it sold out? It's sold out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> probably not. Um, well, not a good what's going to happen is then uh, Rich Rich is going to video it on his phone. He's going to upload it to Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go Facebook midnight, Live on it. Yeah, when, when <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, right, so early on this week, James, uh, it was you, James, put out the tweet, wasn't it, of um, uh, things to do while we're recording. So uh, instead of Ask TWW, we, uh, we had some suggestions of some words that uh, we were going to use through the week. And uh, I'm going to allocate you guys a word, and uh, you need to try and use that word as many times through the week. And when, uh, and then we'll all come back together next week, as we do, and we'll see who's won. Because that's fun, isn't it? Let's do that. So I was looking through some of these suggestions, and I must admit, Peter Lohman, the guy who you do the, um, the financial podcast with, has come up with a great one, actually. And I'm going to give this one to you, James. Uh, okay. Bezwetherick-esque. 
I quite, I quite like that, and I think that's got scope, especially if we play shit against Reading. I think. I can't even say it. Bez Weatherinkesque. Bez Weatherinkesque. Yeah. All right. Cool. Just can we just clarify? So the rules of this are: it's 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 uses on Twitter. Yes, yes, yes. So it's using as many times as possible on Twitter. It's like I just keep tweeting like Francis Jeffers. Or whatever. Well, no, it's no, no, no. Context, You've got to use it in the it? correct context. Yeah, you can't. You can't just sit and just write it off. Like, you know what I mean? You, I, I want to so, see. If I use it in context, but it is obvious, is that okay? Well, I don't know. We'll see if we can slide them in. I, well, I reckon. I you know, the Twitter article. What will what, what, happen is, what will happen is that we'll just make up the rules as we go along, um, and yeah. uh, Eddie will probably win because that's the way these things yeah. work. You yeah. know. Yeah. Fine. Well, all right. So I'm going to give you Bez Weatherick esque. Yes, that's 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 the one that you're gonna have, Eddie. You're gonna have. Uh, oh, what was I was gonna give you? Boil in the sea, but I think you overused that the other week. So uh, we're gonna give <laughs> yeah, we're gonna give you more chance of plating piss. I enjoyed that. So from uh, SWFC ruler eight, Andy, he's gone with more chance of plating piss. So <laughs> I tell you what, you've got you've got more chance of plating piss than I have of using that in my Twitter feed this week. How many characters in that? Yeah, there's a fair few. Well, you know, it's too, too many pieces. It's, 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 more, it's more than my fingers and toes put together. Um, Vic, I'm going to give you quite a simple one here. This one's been suggested by uh, yeah, Mark God. Lowry, and it's just it's just simply uh, Kenny Lunt. So uh, <laughs> I, I think I, I think that's got legs for a bit of uh, cockney rhyming slang there. You're a real <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's, um, there's, there's, some, uh, there's some absolute crackers here. So uh, I, I'm going to give you one, Rich. I'm just, uh, I'm just scanning through, right. but I've got, uh, but um, I'm going to give you the last one. It's from uh, Gavin Ottowell. Uh, he's Gottowell. See what he did there on the, on Twitter. And it's uh, Chris Brunt's limp little toe. So um, limp little toe. Chris Brunt's limp little toe. So uh, that's that's what uh, that's what you're going to get. But I need to uh, I need to do some uh, honourable mentions to some of these. Uh, you know, Nick Clapham went with just Sphincter. Um, uh, Exiled Al Lee went with Gior. Now then, Nesh was at Pillock. But with us all being from Yorkshire, you know that uh, they they should be getting said anyway. To be fair, and then Draconian Placenta, Day Oshi 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 La I can't remember his bloody name. Who the hell sent him Placenta? Placenta. That was the Revelator. Who's managed to get odds. at the revelator? <laughs> so uh, he's he's gone in there with that one. He's gone in. Uh, he's gone in hard there. I, uh, have I you, have you given yourself <laughs> one, Fudge? <laughs> right, I'm going to go with Craig Rowcastle's nipples. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I've read that go yes. one. That's been that's been suggested by Monty Dangerous. So uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with Craig Rowcastle's nipples. I, I, I can get some legs out of that. Now before we go. Uh, James, is there anywhere nearby the ground in which I can stare at Vic's house and straight into her attic window? Uh, I mean, yeah, Vic's back garden's quite good for for, for that. There might be some legal issues, uh, but uh, the alternative would be the Riverside Cafe, which is the perfect place for a bit of Vic spotting. <laughs> well, that's absolutely lovely stuff. Right then, so... Uh, you know, we've all been together. We've all had a good time. It's time now to say goodbye. So, Vic, if people want to get hold of you, say, say your goodbyes all, all over there in the shed. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Victoria1867 and um, or in the Riverside Cafe on Match Days and the new outside bar that isn't new <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and James? 
Uh, get me on Twitter at James Marriott. Uh, Rich? Yeah, if you're already connected to me, you can get through to me at Dickie L. If you're not, I'm locked at the minute, so tough shit. Eddie, what about yourself? Uh, you could get me at http colon forward slash forward slash www.geocities.com forward slash stadium <laughs> forward slash 46798 forward slash home.html. Um, also, also, for, th- for those of you who ain't old school like me, uh, at Sausage Arms on Twitter and Instagram and other social networks are available. <laughs> well, uh, just before I go, I'm going to get myself a quick plug-in. Uh, at the end of this month, if there are any Sheffield Wednesday fans based in the South, I'm doing a charity raising event with uh, ex-England captain Terry Butcher. He's uh, attempting to raise some money and awareness for uh, PTSD charities to talk about his... Uh, is uh, his son that's no longer with us. So if you are on the South Coast, you're anywhere near Southampton, uh, give me a shout on Twitter and um, we'll have an evening with Terry Butcher. But I'm on there as at Dan Fudge. Uh, come and find me. Uh, there's a lot of knob gags on there. And uh, I think it's me um, bullying that uh, that lad who's doing the uh, Manchester United videos a lot now. What's his name? Mark Goldbridge. He's fun, isn't he? Anyway, thanks a lot for listening and we'll see you real soon. Do me a favour. Do me a favour. Can you come a bit closer to your microphone? It sounds like we've got you in shed out at the back. Me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just put your mouth close to the microphone for me. Just... It's a dabby bro. Sound a million miles. Fudge, that's a strange shaped microphone that you're trying to push. It's a novelty one I got from Amsterdam. Now just lick the tip for me. All right. So, so anyway, James, sorry, I've, I've made it weird. Carry on. Get me out of this hole, please. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.